podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message by our pastor, Steve Troyer, and that as you listen, your faith truly does come alive in Jesus. We've just been doing a series. We started last week uh, on our values as a church, and many of you last week would have received one of these. If you don't have one, they are up the back. It's a fridge magnet, so you can put it on your fridge. And it's just our five values as a church. And we thought we'd pause and just take some time just to go through our values as a church and uh, just centre in again, because I think it's, it should be the thing that actually frames uh, what we do um, as a church. In fact, if you were to go to any of the New Vine churches, you'd find that their values are fairly similar to this. They might word it a little bit differently, but it's essentially the same. And that's what keeps us, I guess, the same in New Vine in that way. Different models, but um, we see the same kind of values. So last week we talked about come as you are. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about it's all about relationship. And um, turn to the person next to you and say, I like you. Um, if you have to fake it, then do so. <laughs> but um, tell the person who you didn't talk to first on the other side, I like you even better. <laughs> And uh, it's, it really is all about relationship. Uh, in fact, when it comes to values, let me just pause here for a moment. Uh, you see, in a personal sense, when it comes to values, uh, each one of us have values. And um, whether you like it or not, you have values. In fact, uh, you will make decisions based off the values in your life. And the clearer the values and the more set they are in your heart and the more true you are to that value the easier it is to make decisions. Ever found yourself procrastinating or making it a difficult decision? Oftentimes it's because there's two values on offer and you're trying to work out which one am I choosing. If you know your values clearly, the choice is really easy. Have you ever heard somebody say uh, something like, um, uh, oh, the, the phrase is now gone. It will come back to me later. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It will come back to me later. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah. Um, Sometimes there's decisions, they're just like, oh, that's the word. I found it. Okay, there it is. The phrase, it's a no-brainer. Have you ever used that before? It's a no-brainer. Often people say that when they're making a decision. Somebody says, hey, would you like to be a part of this? Would you like to be involved? Or would you like to buy into this? Or is this something that you'd be interested in? They go, that's a no-brainer. Why? Because their value is really clear, right? When it comes to an organization, if your values are really clear, or a church, if your values are really clear, uh, you become more nimble with making decisions, especially with when things change last minute and you have to navigate around it. You're able to navigate much easier. Any organisation that you're a part of, if you run a business, if your values are more clearly set and the values go deep into, your, um, into the, the workplace, then the easier it is for you to make decisions on a broader level and to entrust people with those decision-making because they know the value and you trust them with the value. So values are learned sometimes and they're things that, um, that sometimes we, we cross a value and somebody becomes really upset with us because we've just crossed a value. Chances are if you've come to church and there are things that you didn't really like about the church, it's because one of your values didn't match up. And so that's why I think it's important for us as a church to talk through these things at the moment. So all about relationship. Uh, when Liz and I first started going to New Vine back in 96, 97, uh, we came as just freshly new married couple. We're fairly young, 22 and 21. And uh, we came to this church just with eyes wide open, 
absolutely loved what we saw, absolutely loved it. We didn't know the values behind it, but we, we began to uh, find that out. In 2000, um, Liz and I, along with um, uh, San and Rin, uh, we started up a, a youth group. And uh, we called it Dig Youth, Does It Glorify God, D-I-G-G. And uh, we, we were determined that our youth group was not going to be a babysitting club where you dropped off your kids on Friday night and went, yes, I can go out. Uh, but instead, we wanted these kids to actually hear from the Lord, to encounter Jesus themselves. But very quickly, we learned to do that, we need the relationships to go deep. And so we spent a lot of effort on connecting with these young people. In fact, the first three months, to be honest, my stomach would turn before we'd go on a Friday night. Any youth leaders where that happens? Yes, you're not alone. And that was me for the first three months. And I just began to pray. So is it longer for you, Jacob? It's more than three months, isn't it? Yes, okay. (laughs) Um, Stomach was turning because I was like, God, how do we reach these kids? And the tension of these kids being uh, like just not connected yet. But eventually we saw God move. In fact, more than that, God changed my heart in the midst of it. As we're praying for these kids, I began to develop a love for these kids. And through that came a deeper relationship. We had so much fun. Uh, you know, games nights and all that kind of thing. But every single time we met, we'd always begin to go down uh, the line of who Jesus is and how important he is. Now, there was a guy there, Liz, you might remember, Big Willie. Maybe you went around at the time. Yeah, Big Willie. He was big. Like he was tall. He was taller than me. He was six foot. Uh, there's a few six foot uh, gentlemen over here. And he was your height, but he was in year eight. And he was about 100 kilos. I'm just painting a picture for you. And he had a, a full beard. In comparison to him, I hadn't gone through puberty yet. <laughs> and um, I just found myself uh, just... Um, I just absolutely loved this guy's uh, enthusiasm. And there's a heap of young guys who followed him because he was so funny. And well, one Sunday, not Sunday, one Friday night, uh, as we're sharing about Christ and we give the altar call, here's Big Big Willie's hand goes up and he, and he, (laughs) control yourselves, girls. So here, here he is and he gives his life to Christ. And it's not a laughing matter. He gives his life to Christ, right? And he was... Like honestly, because the relationship was deep, because there was the love for these young guys, he felt I can be honest about where I'm at. Isn't that true? When relationships are deep, you're able to be honest about what's actually going on in your life. And sometimes you find out that some things that were happening that week, you weren't game to say, but because you can trust the person that you're with, you're able to actually share that. And he gave his life to Christ. And then over the next at the course of the next few weeks, several of his mates also gave their life to Christ because they saw the change, the difference that had happened to their friend. And so it, it's like it opened up um, a whole avenue of what God was doing. Relationships are so key, so important. I remember uh, early on in our church, we used to have at New Vine, uh, church, church family holidays used to be called church camp. And they used to um, have like organized sessions where you had three or four sessions of teaching, worship. And look, to be honest, I absolutely love that kind of thing. That, that's the kind of thing I really enjoy um, because it's like you get a chance to go deep. You get a chance to really um, get to know the Lord. And we used to do that. 
There came a year where our pastor said, we're not going to do church camp the way we used to. We're actually just going to um, have like, we're going to call it a church family holiday instead to get rid of the camp kind of idea that, you know, when it came to camps, church camps in particular, that there were sessions that you'd be doing. But instead, we're just going to spend time with just relating with one another. And, uh, and it was just so special. Hey, um, the church family holidays from there on, we realized, yeah, this really makes sense. This is the DNA of us as New Vine. And so that's why we do our camps the way, or the church family holidays the way that we do. It's still in me, see? And um, that's why we don't overly program them. We want you to go deep relationally. Who's booked in, by the way, next March or late February, March? Um, get along, please. If you haven't booked in, please book in because it's going to be a lot of fun um, up at One Mile, one of our favorite places to be. So we, we absolutely love that because relationships went deep. Uh, when it came to life groups, New Vine didn't really have a great track re- record with life groups. And when we first started our church, uh, we said, we want this to be something that is in the DNA of New Vine Lakes. And the reason w- was because of relationship. It drives you deep. The deeper you can go with people, the more connected you are with people, the more likely you are to trust them with where you're personally at and to allow them to speak into your life and to do that with love. You see, hard-hitting things can be received when it's done in love. Amen? Like you can get to the most deepest things with somebody when it's in love because they know you're not there to attack them. You're not there to actually make a fool of them. You, you care about their, uh, who they're becoming and sowing into who they're becoming. Church, that's, that's who we are. That's, that's the value that we have as a church. And we're gonna, when it comes to how we do church, we're always going to, to actually default to that in making sure that it is all about relationship. We had a couple come to our church uh, back when we were in Valentine, and many of you wouldn't know them uh, because they didn't stick around for too long. But when they came... Uh, they would come smack on time for church to start. And then uh, almost five minutes before church would finish, they're out the door. And this happened every single time they came. And I said to Liz, they're not going to stick around long. Why? Because I knew the value was totally different to what they're looking for. They wanted a, a, a drive-through church. We're not a drive-through church. Where I come as you are, it's all about relationship. We want you to stick around. That's why we have coffee and tea afterwards and, and cake and uh, vine dining and all those kinds of things because we, we know that if you have a piece of cake in your hands, it forces you to stay 10 more minutes. <laughs> and in that 10 minutes, the most important conversation could actually happen. Amen. Um, by the way, I'm a, I'm a coffee um, nerd. I, I love coffee. And is there any other coffee connoisseurs here? Yes. Right. Do you see those hands, everyone? We have revival here. We have revival. Okay. So um, we, I would love just hospitality people. Can I have your hands up, please, just for a moment? Those who look after all. Okay, great. We love you. And we would love if somebody would join that team who can actually make coffees on our coffee machine. Can I hear an amen? Okay. Radio. We need a stronger amen. Yes. There we go. Do you know, the problem is in our, um, this, this is a value problem. In our staff, most of them don't drink coffee. Like, what's going on? Like, are they saved? Is it? 
Right, okay, so I, pr- I probably should get to the Bible, yeah? So let's have a look at um, 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. Who's got their Bibles here this morning? Show me your phones. Get them out. I want you reading. Don't just read it on the screen. I want you to find this. Let's get ready. Because you're not here to hear information. You're here to meet with Jesus. And Jesus will bring transformation if you'll allow him. Okay, here we go. Wasn't the kids talk great this morning? So good. Hearing from God. Rightio. So 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. I'm assuming you're ready. Let's read. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Can I hear a hallelujah? hallelujah. And everyone who loves the Father. Anyone here love the Father? Yeah. Great. I'm going to trick you in a minute. Loves his child as well. Do you get that? Everyone who loves the Father loves his child. That is, every single one who is a child of God right here, whether you like them or not, whether they bug you or not, if you love the Father, the love of the Father is in you. Overcomes every barrier to love his children as well. Amen. Who feels challenged by that? That's something that... Uh, every single one of us should be bothered by. It should draw us deep into this value even further, that it is about love for one another. In fact, the main thing, Jesus says, the whole of the Old Testament is summed up in these two things. Love the Heavenly Father with all your heart, soul and mind and love your neighbour as yourself. You want to know the whole Old Testament, the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit in you is that you may love. Do you know, if you start to walk in the Spirit and His love for others, it is the streamline of life. It's like getting into, when I say streamline, thinking of the ocean, fish, I'm just imagining Nemo, drawing into the streamline that just takes him and there's no effort. So many of us are stressed, worried, hung out because we're not in the streamline of his love. Liz and I, um, when it came to raising our kids, and they would attest to this, that three things that we would discipline on. One was lying, the other was disobedience, and the other one was pulling one of their siblings down. Why is that? Because Liz and I see the best in each of our kids. Don't tell me that... Uh, any of our kids are any less important than each other. I, I know their different strengths. I know their capabilities and I love each one. And the same is true for God. He, he gets very upset with when we don't love his children. You see, you've been born again. This is a, a spiritual, if, you, if you've placed your faith in Jesus, you are born again. You have been made new. You've been uh, brought to the Heavenly Father, presented as a newborn child. We're marveling at um, little Raphael, John and um, Clang Clang's uh, youngest son, or only son. And he's, what, five months old? And he was smiling this morning around the breakfast table. Like, oh, how beautiful. Such a gorgeous little kid. And, And you see, God sees you the same way. 
Isn't that lovely? It's good for you. You see, uh, you no longer have a right to consider faith as an individual thing. You no longer have a right to consider faith as a totally uh, individual or what I need from the Lord. Or It's actually far more about seeing His body, those around you, than what it is about having a good time yourself. You see, when we worship, even though we do it corporately, many of us turn it into an individual response. And yes, it has to be individual in the sense that you are responding to worship that way. But you see, worship's far bigger than just singing songs. Worship is, is actually knowing the love of the Lord and, and going to the nitty-gritty of loving others who are not like you. It's really easy to love people from your armchair. Have you ever noticed that? It's really easy to say, I love God. I'm watching TV and, and watching Sermon Online. And we, I know there's some people, please don't feel condemned by this, those who are online, because I know some people cannot make it into the, the, um, the face-to-face service because there's different reasons for that. But I'm longing for our church, listen, I'm longing for our church to gather back again in the way that it used to, uh, where there's a relationship built. You see, many of you, when you come to church, you're wondering, Will my friends be there? And rightly so, because it's been so sporadic. But we need each other. Amen? It's all about relationship. We need to get the priorities right. We need to get our values up there, making sure that we're making those decisions from there. Let's have a look at 2 Corinthians. Uh, and you can keep your finger in uh, 1 John, but turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And Paul's speaking here. He says in verse, we're going to pick it up in verse 16, uh, right through to 18. So verse 16, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Amen. The old has gone, the new is here. Anyone excited about that? The old is gone. Praise God. Your old self is gone. The way that God sees you, everything of your old nature has been taken. And He wants you to see others in the same way. You see, oftentimes you get stuck on the fact that I still see the old me or I, see, I keep on defaulting to the old me. And so now when I see others, I see them through the lens of my old man. But it should not be. We don't regard people that way any longer. In fact, you should not regard yourself that way any longer so that you can look through the lens of the new creation. They're a new creation. They're not defined by their past. They're defined by who Christ is, praise God, in every way. And when this value comes to the surface, we begin to see people differently to the way that we first saw them. Let's go back to 1 John chapter uh, 2 this time. 1 John chapter 2. And verse 15, why is it that we find it so hard at times to actually love one another? Well, John addresses this uh, in a manner of of thinking. Let's have a look. Um, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not 
in them. Huh? Isn't that interesting? He goes on to say, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, so now he lays it out for us, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. You, you, you might have some level of, of uh, satisfaction with the world right now, if you were to go down that line. But here's the truth. It will not last. It's passing away. He says, but whoever does the will, say will, the will of God. What is the will of God? It's to believe in Him and to love one another. Whoever does the will of God lives forever. Praise God. Now, what we didn't read in 2 Corinthians is that it talks about, actually, no, it's coming up. It's going to be in 1 John. I'll get there in a moment. Whoever has values in the world, remember the four soils that Jesus talks about and he says some fell on rocky soil, some on uh, the pathway, some on weedy soil, and then some on good soil. It's, it is a story of values. You see, those who had the, um, I think it was the weedy soil that gets choked out uh, and no fruit comes, they believed. That wasn't the issue. They actually believed in Jesus. They were sitting where you're sitting right now, in that pew, in, in church. They believed. But what suffocated the fruit was pleasures, uh, was wealth, was worries of the world. And it was values that they were pitching for that went beyond the love of God. Anyone ever seen uh, the movie La La Land? It's a musical and a movie. As a few people, and in this movie, it's quite an interesting movie. I actually like it for the the um, the jazz. But there's an interesting story behind the this movie where uh, you have a couple who they meet together, they fall in love. Both of them are artists. One is a um, an uh, an actress, and the other is a, a like plays jazz and likes the old style of jazz and wants to bring that back and has all these you know this heart to see that happen. And uh, when, when things are still in, uh, they're still exploring and trying to make it, trying, trying to make it in Hollywood and trying to make it in the music scene, uh, they fall deeply in love with each other and they champion each other and everything. And the value of love for one another seems to be the highest value. But then one gets an opportunity to actually go and, um, and to do what they've been called to do. Another compromises in some way to get another opportunity and they find themselves with all of a sudden this um, crossroads of values. You see, the other value that they're facing is making it big, success, studying hard, you could put there, or uh, having your name in lights. And all of a sudden, the, the movie moves in a direction you don't want it to. You, you're like, no, choose love. Choose love, right? But what do they do? They choose their career. And the values will always rise to the surface. Whatever your value is, you might say, my value is love for others. But when it gets under pressure, you really find out what your values truly are. When you're under pressure, when you find yourself uh, making difficult decisions and you're, you're trying to work out which way to go, it's because your values, your stated values and your actual values are wrestling for your soul. 
And so I want you to pay attention to what you value because it will affect how you uh, lead out in valuing the love of God for one another and also in what we do here corporately together and in your life groups during the week. Uh, I've heard from some of our life group leaders and that this has been the most uh, challenging time. Is that right, Rhonda? One of the most challenging times because uh, some, some are natural challenges. People have become sick. There's been more sickness this uh, season than any other time that I've seen for a while. And then there's a follow-on of that, of exhaustion and trying to catch up on other things. And then there's also uh, the workplaces seems to be just all of a sudden, especially in some industries, under the pump. And so everyone's challenged for their time. Let me tell you, your career, your wealth, your study, all of those things that you put your time into, even your relaxation time and your pleasures and the comforts, they're not going to save you when you actually need a real depth of hope. It's your relationship with the Lord, one, and your relationship with one another, two. There's actually going to be the rock. It's Jesus in the midst of all of that that becomes your rock. Amen. This is the why behind this value. This is why this is so important. Okay. Are you still with me? You're doing okay? It's not too hard a word for you? Okay. You like to be challenged? Okay, good. Because I've got some more. Right here, Ephesians chapter 1. Let's have a look at there next. Keep your finger still in 1 John. I'm going to come back there. He, uh, not Hebrews. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22. And I've got too much to fit into three minutes. And, uh, okay, so Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. He's speaking of Jesus he is head over the church, verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Your love for one another is a love for the body, is a love for Christ. Jesus, uh, when he meets Saul, who later becomes Paul, on the road to Damascus, a bright shining light comes over Saul and he sees a vision and hears Jesus speak. And Jesus says something very interesting. You see, Saul was going after the church members and was intent on arresting uh, a number of church members from Damascus, bringing them back to Jerusalem. Some of these men and women would not just be persecuted, but would be put to death. And so Saul was on his way to grab them. And Jesus stops him in his tracks and he says, Saul, why do you persecute now, we would expect to finish this by saying the church. But he says, why do you persecute me? You see, how you respond to the church, how you respond to one another, you're responding to Christ. This is why Jesus says, when you visited me in prison, when did we visit you in prison? When you fed me when I had nothing to eat, when you clothed me when I had nothing to wear, when you, uh, and you fill in the blank, you did it. As for me, when you go to work, he says, do it as unto the Lord. All of a sudden, everything shifts and you realise this is so much deeper than what I ever thought. Let's have a look again back in 1 John chapter 2, verse 7. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one. What's the old command? Any takers? 
It's a real simple one. We've talked about it before. The old command was love one another as I have loved. Oh, sorry, love one another as you love yourself. That's the old command. So, dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I'm writing you a new command. Or which is it? An old or a new? Well, it's new. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. He's actually saying that the new command is still, it's the old one, but it's not in your strength anymore. You see, the old command was love others as you would love yourself. In other words, reflect on, just reflect on that. That was refreshing. Was that the call to kind of finish? Was that, you've gone too far, Steve? All right, okay, that's got me excited. Um, Where was I? The old command. See, the old command was in your own strength and it had that music behind it, right? So, and you're going to think of that from now on. But the new command is actually, it's not in your strength, it's Christ in you. He speaks of it right through 1 John as light coming into darkness. In fact, Paul talks about this. We talked about this last Sunday night. See, the PM team, they're ahead of you. Uh, They've got it, right? That uh, there's this sense of which it says, um, Paul says, he, he quotes Genesis 1 by saying, and he brought light into, he spoke and the light came into, into the darkness. That's what he did for you. He spoke and the light, Jesus, came into the darkness. Love now is available for you. Where does love come from? It comes from your relationship with the Heavenly Father. That when you love others, it's not out of your tolerance level. You see, Australians love to tolerate different things don't they but love's not toleration you see you've got a toleration level that's not the love I'm talking about like I love you I love you I love you I love you I don't love you right the toleration level but when it comes to love for one another it comes from a deep knowing I'm loved I don't have to prove myself there's a deep knowing Jesus is in me it comes from his love comes from him it doesn't come from me church that's the kind of love he's calling us to Finally, Hebrews uh, chapter 10. You've done well. And we're coming to a close. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, uh, 24 rather, and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. It's a good thing, yes? Spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Notice, love does not uh, stay silent when there's sin, it does not stay silent when there's a need of correction, but it loves enough to help the person grab a hold of everything of Christ for their future. Amen. It loves them enough to do that. And we're just, we are to encourage one another, to draw out the best, to lead each other back to the face of Jesus. Verse 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all And all the more, as you see the day approaching church, this is a word for us today. Um, We, like no other time, uh, for Liz and I, and particularly for me, this has been the most difficult season out of our whole 14 years as a church plant. And it's it's not just when the pandemic first started, 
there was, everybody knew what to do and it's all new. But after things started to return back to, you know, normal or whatever that, that looks like, and it may not return that way completely, uh, there, there has been just the breakdown of relationship. There's been the distance of people. There's been the fear of if I come back, will people know me or will I know them? Uh, coming back and seeing so many faces that they don't know. And listen, church, we're not to be a church of fear. We're to be a church of love. Love conquers fear. And if you're thinking about the difficulty of you stepping in, just think about coming ready to love. That'll just dismiss all fear altogether. Amen. Listen, I know this is a real thing for some people. They, they even get anxious coming to church because any large gathering like this, because they're thinking to themselves, are there safe people there that I can talk to that I know um, won't be awkward conversation, although they won't ask me questions that I'm going to feel embarrassed in not knowing how to answer. And it's a real thing for them. And we want to treat you with extra care. And we want you to feel welcome there. We want you to be part of the family and to know this is a safe place. So even if you don't know people, we want to make it a safer place. But there is an element of Holy Spirit coming and giving you the courage to do the very thing. He wants you to be set free. You see, fear and anxiety is a cruel master. He wants you to be set free. Amen. Life groups, we want you to be in a life group. If you're not in a group already, we actually have, I think it's 75 to 80% of our church are in life groups. And we want you to be in a life group. Uh, and we want you not just to be in a group, but to be regular in a group. And to take that commitment of this value is more important because when I meet with others, I get to impart into them. I, need, I get to encourage them to grow them and to lead them forward and to be a part of their growth and to be honest with each other because relationships went deep. And coming to Sunday is really important, uh, not in the religious sense, but because we miss you when you're not here. You have something to offer to this church. God has given you special gifts and we don't want you just to be a, a, an observer of church. We want you to be a participant in church with all the different uh, challenges that you face. And some of us, uh, we, we find we're in a season where we're, we're just lost and we don't know even how to enter in. But can I just say, just come. Just come and be a part of the, the church family because it's here that you actually begin to grow and it's here that you, you go on. And then, of course, I want to speak into your day-to-day, -day, that your daily walk with the Lord is there, that your prayer life is, is growing, and that hearing from the Lord is increasing. Right? That all makes a difference when it comes to love for one another. Amen? Okay, so I know that we need to finish, and we're going to get the guys to come in in just a moment. Okay? They're ready, and then they're just pausing and waiting. Just before they come in, I want all of our life group leaders, if you're here, to stand because I just really want to pray for our life group leaders in particular. If you're a life group leader, how about you stand? Church, I just want you to just give them a big um, thank you clap because we really appreciate you. More? Less? More? Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, a little bit more. Yeah, um, We really appreciate you. And uh, listen, there are times where your life group leaders come prepared and no one shows up. Thank you so much for coming prepared every single week. There are times where um, everyone texts at the last minute and says, really sorry, can't make it tonight. 
And they have to check their heart as a life group leader because, uh, the, you know, it's, it's kind of dealing with, but I put all this work together for it. And they're serving you. So they're committed. Amen. I'm asking you to be committed to them. Okay. And it's, I tell you what, you honour them, you're going to grow. Okay. You give the time to actually making it and coming each week and not um, feeling a little bit exhausted is exactly the place you need to be if you're exhausted. If you're feeling a little bit unwell, it's exactly the place you need to be. You need people, unless you're contagious, don't come, right? Okay, within reason. Um, But you need this more than you think. Okay, so we're going to pray for them and I want you to give a heartfelt prayer for them. You may not know how much they're going to need this. But this season, we're going to see some fire in our life groups. Amen. We're going to see some incredible things happen. Some of our life group leaders aren't here this morning and unable to come. But let's pray for them regardless if they're in the room or not. And I just want you to, where you're sitting, just to see whoever's closest to you, if you're right near them, put your hand on their shoulder. If not, just reach out your hand towards them. In just we're praying, not in a new agey way. We're praying, believing for God is going to minister to them right now. Amen. And so Father God, right now, We lift up every single life group leader within our church, even future life group leaders. And we just uh, ask for your refreshing over them. Give them an extra portion, Lord, of your Spirit flowing over them right now. Lord, just the power of the Kingdom right now coming. Just so you should feel a weight over you right now of Holy Spirit coming on you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just come and minister to them. Refresh them. Give them energy for the next season. Give them a fire in their belly. Give them a joy that cannot be washed away in Jesus' Name. Come Holy Spirit. Come and give them words of knowledge, the prophetic dreams, visions. Lead them, Lord God, that as they lead people, that they would see just the great favour of the Lord upon them, where Your Spirit moves even before they say a word. We ask over their home that it would be a place of peace, a place of rest. I ask for sleep for those who are struggling with sleep right now. In Jesus' Name. Holy Spirit, come. Just that peace over the pillow, over their heads, over their whole frame. In Jesus' Name. Thanks heaps for listening to this week's message. To find out more about what's happening in the life of our church and how you can join in with all the fun, Head to newbindlengths.com.au or find us on social media. Have a lovely week.